This is Her House, a candid conversation about real estate, finance, and other confusing millennial topics. With your hosts, Chrissy Heller and Haley Lenz. Enjoy the show. I feel like our audio has really been yeah. on point the last couple episodes. I have not had to do any editing. Great. Love it. <laughs> so we'll keep it going. So like anyway. Welcome to her house. Welcome back. I feel like we have always have to do that same intro, so I was waiting for you. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, I feel like, oh, gosh, am I the one that does it? Yep. Yeah. We just kind of defaulted to being the one that does it. Great. Love it. <laughs> well, you know what we also need to do is actually record, like, our intro because I keep doing it every week, and I'm like, shoot, I keep forgetting. I've got to make sure to record, like, a... The intro that I've been putting on the yes when I post it yes no we need to do that yeah it's like every time I'm editing it it's really funny like I always just like edit it when I'm sitting in bed like right you know right before it's due because I'm a procrastinator uh-huh. and I'll like record it and Chris is like why don't you just like record that once and then you won't have to do it again and I'm like well the problem is every time I'm editing one of the things I can't pull from another podcast so I need to like record just just that, that so you can bring it in and then like I can just pull it in every time there's like so many things like that where I'm like I feel like if I just took this extra step one time it would make my life so much easier and I just like physically can't do it right so let's remember to yeah. just spend 15 seconds at the end of this one to do oh to do it yeah. okay great and then we'll just have it we can, we can go forward great. so um, we did want to let our audience know this is going to be our last episode of the year. We're going to be taking a hiatus because guess what? We have children and they're going to be off on break for two weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> Which is 10 days, well, 12 no, days. more. Oh, well, yeah. It's, no, it's it's 16 days. <laughs> yeah, because it's 14 days is two weeks. And they have the Friday before off. Yeah. I just, we're going to have to keep busy. I am actually scared. Yeah, I am too. Because usually at the end of the weekend, we're like, yay, back to daycare. And obviously, like, we love our daughter. But she's, this is, this age is. I told you, 12 to 18 months is my least favorite time of parenting. They're cute, but like, they get into absolutely everything. Yeah. They're just. Yesterday, I was on a work call. And so, you know how, like, our house has, like, the patio and then there's doors from our bedroom. So I was like, Joey had the doors open. The kids were like going in and out, whatever. And then I'm like, in our room, but I can see to the patio and all of a sudden I'm on a work call and I just start screaming because I see gray like on the table and I'm like, oh, oh no. my God. Like and outside? Yes. And it's brick. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, gray's on the table. And they're like, do you need to go? I'm like, yeah, I got to go. Um, so anyways, um, yeah, so it's going to be a lot of that. Yeah, it's going to be a long two weeks. Well, and then the other big news is we got photos taken of our house. We've officially decided to list it. Mm -hmm. Um, They look really good. I I mean, like, I really hope we're not catfishing people. Like, they look so good. No, you're not. (laughs) How long did it take you to actually get it ready? Well, I couldn't even start getting it ready until I got home from dropping Cammie off. So it was like 8.45. And then I basically worked right up until about 10 minutes before the photographer arrived at 11.45. So. Yeah, because they feel like you could just continue to find stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but like it was, it was a lot of work to get it ready to go. So, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous though for her being off school now for two weeks, and if we have to show it, I didn't really think about that. I honestly didn't even know about the daycare break until we went to lunch yesterday, and we talked about <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, it's been on my mind for a while. Um, yeah, we'll have to figure that out. But um, 
I mean, I always say like photos, you want it to be like picture perfect, but like you live in the house and people mm-hmm. like to see stuff around. So I okay. think it's fine. Yeah. Like, you know, I hid my coffee maker for the photos and now yeah, I mean, this like, is not where it's normally placed, but you know, like I feel like I'll keep that on the counter. For sure. For sure. For sure. Yes. A little, so that's fine. little things like that. Yes. And then we went and saw another house today. Yes. It was honestly like one of the most gorgeous houses I think I've ever been into. It was so pretty. It, so it was a Spanish and I've always loved a Spanish. I like after leaving, I was like, okay, confirmed. Like my next house will be a Spanish. Like I, it's just, there's just like a beauty and an elegance mm-hmm. about a Spanish home that is not in anything else. Right. And it's a uniqueness because most of the houses in our like part of Phoenix are like the ranch style or like the modern farmhouse. Like that's almost everybody has that style yes. of house. It and was just so beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was really gorgeous. I mean, it reminded me so much of like, not that my house growing up was Spanish style, but it just like weirdly reminded me so much of my house growing up. And I was like, oh, it's just feel, it felt, it felt very homey. It was weird you said that because before you even said that, like I was thinking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just had like this, a similar kind of vibe and you could tell it was just like the craftsmanship was really spot on. It was, it was wonderful, but it was in central Phoenix. And so, you know, depending on where you're listening to us from, like it was 10, 15 minutes away, which it's wild to me that 10 or 15 minutes in my current life makes such a difference because when I was growing up, my neighborhood was like 15 minutes outside of town. So I always had to drive 15 minutes. Same, yeah. 15 minutes to go to high school, 15 minutes to go to McDonald's. Like, Right. No, I know we're so spoiled here, but I feel like it's not only like stuff's walkable, but then like also all of our friends are right here. Like I feel like LGO is like, which is five minutes from where we're at, is like our hub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so that's like the tough – I think that's the hardest thing. We're going to go drive around the neighborhood a little later so we can just see what it's like. But yeah. my ideal – I mean, if that house was in this neighborhood, it would be a no-brainer. But it would probably be so much more It would be so much more expensive. <laughs> I mean, so. I think it'd be – Three million dollars. Yeah, easily, totally. Yeah, I mean, it was just that pretty. Yeah. So anyway, so we'll 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 see. TBD. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's <laughs> always a lot going on. I was honestly thinking, even if that's not a house, or even if we don't end up moving to that area and we stay in this area, I'd love to do some kind of an investment project there because even like a remodel or something. Oh, I yes. feel like that neighborhood is kind of the the place to be right now. I mean, I really do think that area that, you know, you were saying, you're like, why is this value different than Arcadia? And I'm like, I really kind of don't know. Like Arcadia, like it's such a good area. And I mean, when you look at it relative to the rest of Arizona, it still is a high price mm-hmm. point. Um, but I agree. I think it's going to be the next place to really yeah. pop. Yeah, I mean, it It just – I had only been through that neighborhood one other time. I've gone to a lot of the restaurants that are nearby but never driven any of the neighborhoods. But, like, it reminds me exactly of, like, Highland Park in Dallas, Texas, which is probably, like, my favorite neighborhood in the world to drive through. Yeah. It was so beautiful. I mean, I guess, like, Beverly Hills probably tops. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it had that vibe. Yes, yes. So, um, so what's new in the news? So I wanted to talk to you because – so I first saw this on TikTok, of course, because that's where I get all of my news initially. And then I did go and validate it um, by searching, and I found a Business Insider article. But um, there's a new bill that is looking to get passed in the House of Representatives 
that's Congress, right? House of Representatives, it's Congress. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So passed in Congress that basically says it is not allowing hedge funds to purchase real estate anymore. So think companies like Invitation Homes, which was owned by BlackRock, Blackstone before. Yeah. Um, I mean, then those are big companies. They employ a lot of people too. So like, that's one thing just to kind of think about. But basically the bill is saying that headphones, headphones, hedge funds would not be allowed to purchase real estate in the United States any longer. And they would actually have to de-lever or basically get rid of all of their properties over the next 10 years. They'd have to deleverage. Um And so it was interesting because in the TikTok video that I first saw, I always love to go to the comments because I just like to see, well, what are people saying about this? There was one person that said, well, this is going to crash the economy. And I liked that comment. But everyone else was like, yes, this is so great. Like hedge funds shouldn't own properties. Like we want to buy them for ourselves. And I totally understand that argument. Like, you know, right now there's not a, a lot of supply of homes. The homes that are available are not necessarily affordable for the average buyer. And yes, these hedge funds have come into a lot of these neighborhoods in Phoenix, specifically places like Gilbert and Chandler. And they've bought up these homes, they've increased the prices, they've increased the rent. And so I could definitely see that side of the argument, but here's to me where this is super problematic. And I always think about everything in terms of like a cause and effect. So if this bill were to pass, and it kind of sounds like it probably won't end up passing, but if it were to pass, what that would mean would be, yes, there'd be a supply of real estate, but that means there would be a really big supply of real estate in places like Gilbert or Chandler. And that could ultimately just totally crash the market there, right? Like, Because they'd know, all have to sell. They'd all have to sell. They'd have the next, they can't buy anymore. So that's one thing. So there wouldn't be as big of a pool of buyers. And I know the investment buyer has kind of slowed down in the last year anyway, but they'd also have to sell off all of their properties. So one, that would mean there aren't as many rental properties available for those that cannot buy or choose to rent. And then two, it would also mean that like there would be so much inventory on the market, like those places would almost be worthless. The other thing that I think about is those companies came into the market right around 2012 at the very bottom, but they essentially to me, like, and this is just kind of like my hypothesis, but I think they actually saved the markets that they came into because real estate could have kept falling, right? But like they kind of almost like, set the bottom and started buying. And so now, then real estate started increasing again. So that's one thing. The other piece of this bill is that any individual investor is not allowed to own more than 75 properties. So what? Yes. So it's not just for hedge funds. It's for anybody. And there's a lot of real estate investors out there that own far more than 75 right. properties. And yeah, you know, if they're the average person listening to this podcast, and like, 75 properties, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a it's a lot. I mean, even for the for average sure. investor, it's a lot. But like, this is kind of people's livelihoods and businesses. And so if a company, let's say like Invitation Homes goes out of business, well, they employ a lot of people. Like I need to figure out how many people employ, but like you're basically like shutting down businesses. You're shutting down capitalism essentially in the United States. Like I think the better fix to the problem is to build more homes. There's lots of land available to build homes on. Right. And land itself, from what I understand, I listen to um, a bigger podcast pocket bigger why can't I talk today bigger pockets podcast episode yesterday that was talking about like land is like 25% off um from what it was like a year or two ago so that's like nationwide yeah 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 so like home builders like their costs are going down so they should keep building homes versus saying that hedge funds like can't buy right so I get the I totally get the argument because it's just like you know 
okay, like hedge funds are buying up this or hedge funds are competing against me and I can't buy the home because, you know, they can buy it for cash or, you know, they've got more. Right. Um, but I think it's going to be really detrimental to the housing market as a whole if they can't own homes. And I think they only own about 3% of the total homes in the United States. But I think about areas like Gilbert specifically, yeah. like they own a lot of that market. Well, and like, it'd be one thing if they just say, Hey, like you need a hold, like you can't purchase anymore. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, the fact that you have to like get rid of them all within 10 years, like yeah. at the end of the day, that's not that much time. No. And wouldn't they just hold them for 10 years and then sell and them then all sell at them the end? Again. Yeah, maybe. Cause that's when the, I mean, or I guess, I don't know how they would do it, but it seems like if you had 10 years, you wouldn't start getting rid of them right. now. Right. Yeah. I was looking it up and I think like, um, Two years ago, I think like investors made almost made up almost like 40% of the total buyers in Phoenix. It, it fluctuates every year, but I mean, that's like a really big chunk of buyers that oh, would yeah. no longer be able to buy and therefore housing would get suppressed is my thought. Like there's no way. Well, I mean, a good amount of those investors could continue buying. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But, but the, the hedge fund owned ones right. make up for, I think, a pretty significant amount of that investor wow. percentage yeah, yeah, yeah. here at least. Now, in every market, that's not the case because they're not in every market, but like they're really heavy in certain markets here. And that's for sure. certainly concerning. So that's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. What like do you like what do you think about that? Like what do you I feel mean, like my in- investors should know like, it or should I, they? Well, this is where I feel like it's like what you hear in the news and how you hear it like said to you because originally like if I heard that I'd be like yeah that's great because that's all people complain about is the head fund are like you know taking up everything and then you do feel bad for like the home buyers who are just trying to get in the market but then when you say it like that I do think there's like you know two sides and you don't realize how they're maybe supporting the economy Mm -hmm. so I really don't know but I think yeah I don't think 10 years to let go of all of those properties is very long and yeah, I no. definitely. Although I will say like the whole open door thing and them having to like sell off stuff, like it didn't really affect the market in the way that I thought. Mm-hmm. Like you could go after those homes and know you were getting a deal, but I thought like so many are going to be on the market. It's going to really hurt mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I'd be interested to like see what the condition of a lot of those properties are and like how they're taking care of yeah. them. Um, but a lot of, I mean, a lot of them are like, your typical like four, three, four bedroom. I think they only go after three bedrooms plus, at least invitation home just does. Um, but they own, because if you look at like uh, what's for rent in Gilbert, I mean, they own them and like Progress Residential probably have at least half of the rental listings that are available. So I just wonder like with Open Door, for example, like you just knew you were walking into a house with something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like a red flag. So it's like, yeah, we can probably get a good deal, but nine times out of 10, this house is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder if they like take good care of the rentals or. I think they, uh, I think they probably do. I mean, they've been rentals. So that's the other thing you have to think about too. Right. So if they do have to sell them, like, yeah, they might not be, you know, yeah. your a class right. houses, but a lot of them look to be in pretty good general like it's very like the standard like master plan community that you see yeah, yeah, yeah. like that it's that you know you know right. what we're talking about so um but yeah it will be really interesting and open door was certainly a much smaller company than oh for those, sure like buyers oh, yeah. are so yeah it's i i don't know like 
I agree. I'd love for more people to be able to buy houses or like, yeah, I mean, it's, it is tough and things aren't affordable, but it's the pendulum swings both ways. And I think a lot of times, like you think about one topic or like concept and it's like, yeah, I'd love to do this. But like it, it has like severe impact and repercussions, like any cause, like like any, anything that you do, like how there's that cause and effect, like mm-hmm. every single, you know, action yeah, and it's has so a easy to just like be like, yeah, whatever the big companies like, yeah, let's go against them. It's so easy to do that, mm-hmm. but you have to really think about the whole picture. Yeah. I mean, they own billions and billions of dollars of real estate. So like, think of that, if that all just hit the market. You right. Know? <laughs> Wild. Yeah. So anyway, so that was, that was the news that I saw. Like I said, I get pr- pretty much all my news on TikTok and I was, re- I, I guess I wasn't shocked because I could understand. I think most of the, the things that I see on TikTok are kind of like, you know, anti big business and I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm very much of a capitalist myself. So I'm like, hey, if people want to do this, they should be able to do it. But the one person that commented, like, this will crash the economy, I was like, yep, that's about what I was thinking too. Interesting. So, we'll yeah. See. Well, I mean, I do think, I mean, just on a, just on a now time, the market seems to have be doing, it was interesting because I listed that house that was like four, eight, mm-hmm. that market seems to be doing, I could not believe the interest. I, okay. So I'd love to hear this. So like, what is it about what, like what, what's going on in the 3 million plus market? Like why are so many people buying right now? I Who has just, that much money also? I just think a lot, it was so interesting because I was showing this house and it's so funny because that's a lot, like to have that much money and most of these people are cash in Mm -hmm. this scenario. um, You have a million dollars down on this kind of house, by the way, too, for 20%. Right. right? At least. At least. But then like most people in this price range, and that's why I think it's doing better is because they're not, they don't care about the interest rates because most people in this price range are paying cash. Mm -hmm. But what was like crazy is like you just hit another level of like wealth when you start hitting these things. And so everyone thinks they're all used to, and they're, they're I'm not saying they're not nice people, but they're used to getting what they want. Mm-hmm. So it's so funny when you're like, everyone wants this house and everyone thinks they're going to get it because mm-hmm. they're so used to getting what they want. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you all can't have it. And they all, you know, pull me aside and they're like, like this one couple was seeing it and they brought their parents by to like, see what they thought. And at the end, the mom pulled me aside and she was like, they need this house. And at that point we already had like an offer that was like very good. And we were pretty much going to get it done. And I was like, and you could just tell in like, not a bad way, but it's like, she, she, you know, she's used to getting, she's what used she to wants. getting what she wants. So it is funny in that sense, because like when you get like lower price ranges, people are so scared to lose it. And that mm-hmm. it's like almost like no fear. Cause like they just typically get it. But yeah, I think it's, I think it one, I've like the value here is good. So I think people are continuing to come, but when you don't have an interest rate, Mm-hmm. being a thing um you know it becomes i think once you hit three million usually you don't most of it's cash mm-hmm. so like because i'm this is the thing because you've you've continually said like this market is good and the houses that i'm seeing go under contract are the ones that are three million yes. plus for the most part like those are the ones that seem to to me it's weird that they're going under contract the first i'm like okay but like what are these rich people like what are the rich people understanding that like we're missing I, I don't really think, I think, I think things are going to go up. Mm -hmm. I really do. That's what I think. 
like I think they're dropping slightly, but I think things will go crazy. I think this area is continuing to improve. So I don't like. I, are they feeling like they're getting a good deal then at these price points? Or like I think what's, so. Or is it more just like, oh, okay, we're moving from like a higher cost of living place and we're coming here and oh, this is cheap comparatively? Or like, what's well? So what's, what's your typical buyer profile? Like, who is this person? What's the interesting <laughs> thing is the person that um, put in an offer on this house. We had had a house under contract. We had a listing that was right before COVID hit. We had the listing. We found these buyers. They were lovely. They had their own agent, but they were great. Everything was going so smoothly. And then the word of COVID starts coming around and it's like, oh, what is this? What's this going to do to the economy? Everyone was like not knowing what was going to happen. So they sent over a list of repairs they wanted to do. Now, if you as a seller accept all of the repairs and you say, yep, I'm willing to make them, that kind of locks the buyer in and makes their earnest money hard. So this was like probably a one eight house. So they were probably going to lose, you know, a, a good chunk of money, maybe 50,000. Well, sometimes we ask for more. Let's just say between 25 and 50K, they were going to lose. So if we had just, if the seller had accepted all the repairs, now the seller thought they were a little unreasonable. And we were like, I remember this conversation so clearly because I was in the airport and we were like, you need to do all these repairs. Because at the end of the day, it was like, nothing crazy. They were maybe asking for a lot, but it was like only a few thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. We're like, we don't know what's happening right now with this time. So we need to accept this because people are getting uneasy with not knowing what's going to happen with COVID. Well, he didn't listen. He ended up not accepting all the repairs. Then they had another five days to decide and they canceled. And we were like, not shocked. We're like, yeah, no one knows what's happening with the economy. Now you fast forward three years later, these same people are buying this house with no hesitancy. The ones that canceled before. The one that canceled. Then they came back around. They ended up buying another listing we had actually, but they were lovely, but they just got scared. And they were like, we're not sure of what. Three years later, we're in this time where people are like, what's going to happen with the market? These same people are so confident mm -hmm. and they're like, what can we do to get this house? We will pay over the other offer. We want this house. And so I just thought it was, that's clearly a cautious buyer and someone who pays attention because he at one point canceled a house that he loved mm, because he was uncertain. And that same guy is like, nope, I, I want this house and I'll pay more than the other guy. Interesting. So no, like, that is a good, you thought. know, I just, I just thought that was interesting that perspective. And obviously they're not wildly different price points because that house that was like one eight is a $3 million house now. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting. Well, I was thinking about it too. Like, um, my own mindset, you know, my husband and I still kind of kick ourselves a little bit for that house that we, you know, we're like loving on Hazelwood. And oh yeah. We just didn't make it. An and then the day that we were like, okay, like, I think we're ready to make an offer right. one under contract, which seems to happen every time we like a house. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, like we're ready. Um, but like my mindset was so different then I think too. Cause like, I remember it took me so long to kind of come around like, okay, yeah. Like, you know, financially it, it's a jump, but we can make it work. But now I'm like, if that house was listed today for that price, I wouldn't hesitate. Which is funny that I feel that way. That's actually very interesting. You say that. Yeah. But You're going to tell me it's coming up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I, 
yeah, I don't know. It's going to be, I've definitely seen a pickup and like just stuff like watching on the MLS, like properties that have been sitting that I've seen that aren't necessarily like, there's nothing really special about them. They're now selling and they were sitting. Mm -hmm. So um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of happens in the new year. Yeah. I think for me, a lot of it was just having to feel comfortable with a certain price point. And now that I'm like, something in my eye now that I'm like oh okay like I'm comfortable with this price point it's kind of like okay well now what's available in that price point that's almost like what it is in my mind you Mm -hmm. know because this house that we looked at today was essentially about the same price as the house that we loved yeah the house that we loved was a little bit higher listed but it ended up selling for less um and I I wasn't even at that time like nope this is like this is too much like we can't you know I don't want to make it we could make it work if we wanted to but it would just be like a stretch and now I'm kind of like okay like yeah, we'll just kind of re refigure out our budget. I think the other thing is too, I mean, for those of us that do have to have a mortgage, like the idea that interest rates may only be high for a little bit longer makes me feel comforted too. Like, I mean, I can't guarantee that that's going to be the case, but it also, now that we've talked to like lenders and things like that, it seems like there's a lot of options to like get your rate down even now. Yes. I think, I mean, I think that's why we're seeing a little bit of hustle is because people feel a little bit more comfortable. Whereas like a few months ago, it was like, they should come down. We, no one really knew when. And I think now that they're starting to trickle down, it's kind of adding up to, yeah, maybe like quarter two of next year, we'll see good, like not low, low rates, but we'll see lower rates. And I think now that it's kind of a little bit trending that way, it's making buyers believe it a little bit more and then they're getting a little less nervous yeah well and I even I had like read an article or something but it's or I don't know maybe I was talking to someone about it but it's kind of like you have you see it and first you have shock you're like oh my gosh I can't believe something's that expensive or I can't believe interest rates are so high and then you suddenly start to get comfortable with it as time goes on and it's like now I'm like oh okay like I'm comfortable with it but I wasn't six months ago <laughs> oh a thousand percent it's that yeah it's like how everything works it's you know like yeah at a point you're like that yeah it's with, oh, I'm, you know, making this much and that's good. And then you do it for a year and you're like, what mm-hmm. more? You know, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, whole, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing for sure. Um, but like, so the other thing that I guess I was wanting to know about was like, my thought is still, like I said last week about you know, rates, like if rates do come down, it does mean that the economy is in kind of a bad place because like the only way that they're going to lower rates is if we really kind of roll into a recession and if like, um, the, uh, unemployment rate goes up. So like that could be bad news. Like, so I feel like, like I was telling you, I think short term, like people are start going to start really coming out of the woodwork and buying because they're, it's on the news that rates are coming down. But I think once they actually do start coming down, we're going to see like potentially, like some negative impact of that. Like I said, it's like all cause and effect, right? It's like, well, why are they lowering rates? Well, it's probably because we have a higher unemployment rate, which is then going to, you know, impact, you know, put a little bit of a suppression on real estate. So I don't know. It could, it could go all different ways, but at this point I kind of feel like, Hey, like if I can get a good, you know, price for our house and if I could get a good deal on the next place, like I can live with whatever interest rate for, you know, a certain period of time, so long as we can get into something that's, you know, future proof, I can't talk today at all. Future proof. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I do. Yeah, I do think like, and Chris was saying that he was like, yeah, as long as we just get a house that we can like, I think there's a comfortability in that when you're like in a house that you can, then you care a little bit less also what you pay. Like, mm-hmm. obviously you want to get a good deal, but you're like, if things dip for a little bit, they'll go back up. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that my outlook on real estate long-term is like real estate is a great investment mm-hmm. long-term. It's just, there are short-term dips. And to me, there's going to be a little bit of short-term spike in demand is what I can assume. And then a, a longer short-term dip in the market mm-hmm. just because of like what I'm going to assume is going to be more sellers finally coming out of the woodwork on this news. And then also potentially some impact of like unfortunate, you know, unemployment rate going up. And then that also causes people to not be able to buy at that point in time. Right. So we shall see what happens Mm -hmm. anyway. (laughs) So lots of fun stuff. But yeah, I'll let you know about that house this week. I do love it. It was honestly so beautiful. And I, you know, it's so funny. Like people started texting me last week. I didn't realize our friends actually listened to our podcast. But then like people text me like, wait, you're selling your house. I'm like, oh, wait, how did you know that? I listened to your podcast. So, So anyway, for anyone interested, I'll send you the pics of the house that I really liked. And you can give me your input if you listen to this episode. Yeah. And then maybe like, yeah, if you get it, we can post like on our Instagram page. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. Great, great. All right. Well, this was great. Yes. Um, Thank you for listening. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Her House. Please be sure to rate and subscribe.